Welcome to the Menu Bar. My name is Andrew J. Clark and my co-host is Zach Saichi. In this episode, we talk about creative matchmaking, enjoying conspiracy theories, how companies have to be governments, playing old video games, how Pixar took over Disney, and Thanos, friend or foe. We hope you enjoy episode 22 of The Menu Bar, The Turok Tales. Welcome to The Menu Bar, a place to relax, talk tech, and drink. How you doing? Uh, I've been uh, beaten, stabbed, hung, (laughs) burned, drowned, but I'm still here. Have you been watching uh, Darren Aronofsky films again? I'm always watching Darren Aronofsky. <laughs> Your life is a Darren Aronofsky film. My life is, in fact, a Darren Aronofsky film. <laughs> 100%. Very cool. I still need to see Noah. I keep thinking about it. That's a great movie. You need to see it. Yeah. But who can find the time between working and sleeping? Um, I... I don't know. It's a movie you should see. Like it's it, 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 okay. Darren Aronofsky is one of the few directors that's just like, you know, he makes a movie. My ass is in the seat. There's just, <laughs> like, it doesn't matter. He, he could direct. I made a joke on Twitter. Like uh, my, my dream combo of like two people that could remake anything, right? Literally anything would be like Darren Aronofsky and Trent Reznor, right? Like, so if Darren Aronofsky is directing and Trent Reznor does the score, there's literally nothing that they could do that, uh, that wouldn't be amazing. Yeah. Should we, should we at both of them and see if we can get that going? I'm just saying, like, it was The Wizard of Oz by Darren Aronofsky with a score by Trent Reznor. <laughs> okay, I'm there. I'm hearing violins. I'm hearing big, dark orchestra. Yeah, totally. West Side Story, like any, and literally anything. It could be a remake of, oh shit, I'm trying to think of like the most bizarre thing. What is the most unlikely film for him to do? Howard the Duck. I would, you know. <laughs> Sense and Sensibility. Sense and Sensibility by Darren Aronofsky with a score by Trent Reznor. Oh my God, yes, yes. Liter- literally anything, right? Like you can throw this combination at anything and it suddenly becomes like you're, you're just super interested, right? It would kind of be like a weird version of The Social Network just as a, as a costume drama. Well, I almost feel like that's what Darren Aronofsky should really be doing is just doing these like totally just so, so bizarre that you have to be there. Like yeah. the thing with Noah is it's like almost uh, two on brand. You know, he's an like he's an atheist making a Bible epic. Oh, yawn. Oh, yawn. Another atheist obsessed with religion. Seen that. Blah, blah, blah. It is super interesting, though. He should really become more middle of the road, shouldn't he? Or no, he needs he needs to take some risks. Well, I mean, yeah, risks like just do something fucking crazy and outside of his uh, wheelhouse, like Ah. outside of what he would normally do. So like a. Uh, a Big Bang Theory episode. Yeah, like, ha- you've seen Mother, right? Uh, let's say I have, and proceed from there. All lowercase letters, Mother, exclamation point. That is literally the title. Yes. So that that is, like, the most masturbatory <laughs> film I've ever seen. It's great. It's a great movie. But but what I mean by masturbatory, and I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean it in a... <laughs> in, a in a positive way. I mean, well... It's about the creative process. Like the entire movie is allegory. The entire movie is about like the struggle of being a creative person and like all of the destructive shit that comes with being a really creative person. Gotcha. You know, like like needing a constant muse and and needing to, you know, 
find inspiration and, and, you know, pull it out of the depths of you don't want to know where and all this stuff, like what it's like to be a person who creates. Yeah. And that's what it, that's what mother's all about. But it does it in this just, you know, just fucking crazy way that it, um, I don't want to spoil it for anybody. It's just a movie that everybody should see. All Darren Aronofsky movies are movies that people should see. And we need to get him. We need to get him on the show so we can convince him that mm-hmm. he needs to work with Trent Reznor. They probably know each other already. I can't imagine we're the first people in the universe to sort of point that out. I mean, uh, Trent Reznor is friends with um, Clint Mansell. Mm-hmm. And Clint Mansell does all the scores for Darren Aronofsky. So, gotcha. Seems unlikely they don't. You know, <laughs> they've just somehow never. They've just never heard of each other. Just never came up in conversation. The weirdest I thing. Just, I just want to see a Doom movie. By Darren Aronofsky. Yes. <laughs> scored by Trent Reznor. I want to see him get into like sitcoms or something so unhim that I can't even imagine it. What would his version of a sitcom be? Well, that's what's so great about like Twin Peaks, right? Because, you know, David Lynch was this dude who came from movies like Eraserhead and just, you know, batshit crazy movies. And then he's like, he's going to do a TV show and he decides to kind of like riff on what was really popular at the time in the er- very, very early 90s. Like, it was soap operas. Soap operas were were the thing. Yeah. And Twin Peaks is, you know, it's fucking what David Lynch <laughs> thinks of soap operas. <laughs> and it's fucking brilliant. Yeah. It is, you know, uh, the awkward way that people interact and all of this strange language that people use. And mm-hmm. I mean, all that stuff exists in all of his stuff, right? But he brings it to this, like... To the soap opera, you know, drama type thing, and it's just, it's just fucking brilliant. <laughs> who else would you? Who else is in our? Who else needs to meet? I guess that's what we're doing. Celebrity, <laughs> creative matchmaker, <laughs> creative matchmaker. Uh, I don't know. I, like, I don't know. I, I think I'm now out. Uh, already. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what's your What's your dream combo of creative people, Andrew? Um. I'm going to put you on the spot. Fuck, now, now I need to pretend I know anything about any films. I mean, we're pretending we even have a topic, so yeah, this, this is, is pretty good. Seems on, I mean, for us, this seems on brand. Right. Um, let's see uh, Brad Bird make some porn. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard you laugh like that. God fucking damn it, Andrew. <laughs> really? Sure. Really? I mean, I mean, I would watch it. My ass is in the seat for sure. But yeah. like, I, I don't, you know, I don't know where that, what, what theater that's going to be shown in. <laughs> I don't think it'll be distributed by Disney. Well, I don't know. They've, um, it depends if it stars Mrs. Incredible or not. <laughs> Speaking of Disney. <laughs> this could go anywhere. <laughs> this episode of the, no, no, no. Um, we're not sponsored by Disney, but uh, what, a coup that would what do you be. think about, you know, actually, uh, we haven't talked about this yet on, on the show, or, or maybe we did last week. I have no recollection of what we talked about last <laughs> yeah, week. Yeah, that was, that was like a fugue state. Right. It's entirely plausible that I could bump into topics that I already went over. But um, what do we think about this whole James Gunn thing? What, what, how do you feel about it? We did talk about that. Um, we did. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think we landed on feeling like. Yeah, not good, but also people people yeah. grow and change, so let's calm the hell down. Oh, that's right. Yeah, there needs to be room. There are there people doing bad people right now who we can be angry at. We don't need to dig into, you know. Like Alex Jones. Yeah. Right. 
I'm I'm at a loss, honestly, for the the whole Alex Jones thing. Yeah. Um, I used to listen to Alex Jones back when it was okay to listen to something that was completely nutty and just <laughs> laugh at it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Was that before or after it was cool? Or, or is it now cool? I can't tell. I mean, the whole, I mean, like I've always been into conspiracy shit and yeah. I've always been into aliens and, uh, and weird off the beaten track shit. And it's, it'd be hard. You'd be hard pressed to have been into that stuff over the last 15 years and not have like bumped into Alex Jones. <laughs> yeah. Now he's always been a joke. Like hundred percent. Like the guy, you, it's impossible to take him seriously. Yeah. The, uh, the, the problem with the dude is like, there's fucking people who really think, you know, that really like listen to the dude, mm. including <laughs> president. <laughs> <laughs> so like a line has been crossed. Mistakes were made. It's like, uh, it's like kids who think wrestling is real. It is super interesting though, the way this whole thing went down though, because, and I, I don't want to, I don't want to have an Alex Jones conspiracy on on the topic of Alex Jones, uh-huh. but like every, like literally everybody banned him all at once. Mm. Isn't that crazy? Like, uh, YouTube did it. Uh, f- was Facebook also? Was Facebook Spotify? Spotify. Every everybody removed him. Yeah, Apple even. And Apple does not get involved in this shit, man. Like, so something like this almost feels like it was coordinated. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't think it was. But it yeah. feels that way. It looks that way. Like it all happened in one day. <laughs> I have some inside information into what those processes are like because the company I work for is oh shit related to all of those. Um, okay, I will say it was very uncoordinated. You can confirm there is no Alex Jones conspiracy around the removal of Alex Jones. If it was coordinated, it wouldn't be so obvious. Let's say this was mostly a lot of executives having to listen to these episodes and figure out. All right, yeah. Oh, geez, we're just running a business here. Do we have to now yeah. deal with free speech? Well, right, and it's a problem. <laughs> it's a fucking problem. Imagine someone going through all um, 22? 22 episodes of the menu bar. Is that what yeah, we're on? man. Imagine someone going through the fine tooth comb and like trying to work <laughs> out if we if at any point. I mean, I probably already within the first like ten minutes um, said something <laughs> that could get me yeah. thrown off the internet. Probably, yeah. It depends what it depends what kind of story that person is trying to tell. But like, who the hell even uh, you know? Podcasts, podcast man, are the most wild west thing still out there that are yeah. so big because you, know, you can host it anywhere. Like, and then it goes into feeds, and the feeds are not necessarily master feeds. You know mm. what I mean? Like, it's all over the damn place. Like, if I if you you know, we are really kind of only on uh, Apple Podcasts in their directory because they're the only ones I've submitted to. Yeah. But, you know, there's probably other scraper programs and such. I don't know how these things work. <laughs> we're, we probably exist in other platforms, sure. but I don't even know about it. <laughs> um, but, like, you know, who do you even who do you even go after for a podcast? Yeah. Like, You'd have to go after like me or you directly. It's like, well, I'm not even worth anything. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> and, and relatively speaking, like, man, neither are you. So, like, yeah. I don't even know what you'd do. Like, I guess you throw me off Twitter. Yeah. I mean, and I've already left Twitter. So, got you there, suckers. But, I mean, it, it's a crazy situation. Um, and this actually does speak to exactly what we were talking about last week, which is like, companies increasingly have to be governments mm. they have to a- operate 
like governments like you you said your company is kind of freaking out like shit <laughs> you have to deal with free speech yeah but we've never really had to do that like it's crazy it's crazy and like none of these none of these companies are like morally equipped with this like they don't have constitutions mm. they have sort yeah. of company values but that's more about how employees treat each other and what they're putting out into the world how does that when that brushes up against, you know, Alex Jones, it's hard to, like, geez, that doesn't even fit. It's a mess. So, like, the, and the fact that all that happened in one day, right? And it's like, I'm positive there are other people that are as bad, if not worse, than Alex Jones. That is, don't have the profile that forced each right. company to pay attention to what the others were doing. Really, it's the media's fault. Yeah, well, I mean, so, but, okay, then these are all private companies and they can do what they want. Yeah. But then you run into this dichotomy, which we were talking about last week about, you know, well, is it a public commons? Mm. So uh, these companies all have to ask themselves this question. And you you can see what happens if you decide to go on, if you decide to err on the on the side of, well, it's a public commons thing. You know, Jack did that today. Um, and he said, you know, we're not going to ban Alex Jones. He hasn't actually really violated our rules. Right. And then everyone's kind of coming back with like, uh well, then you should rewrite your rules and, you know, <laughs> everyone but Alex Jones can be on our platform. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a pain in the ass. I am sympathetic. I think Alex Jones is a piece of shit. I want to be really super clear. I don't think he's a good guy. Um, I think the fact that he never really 100 percent, you know, apologized for the Sandy Hook thing mm. is insane. Um and I listened to him enough. I've listened to him in the past enough to to know that he, he, you know, he never did. And it always pissed me off. And uh, so I totally get it. I'm sympathetic to the whole situation. But at the same time, if you're a platform owner and you're Jack, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck you do. Yeah. But then he's doing other weird shit. Like he just took an he's doing an interview with Sean Hannity from Fox News. Sorry, Jack is or Alex Jones? Yeah, ja Jack is. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking weird. I mean, I've tried to get I've tried to get Jack on the show. He's not coming on. He's he's not coming on the menu bar. Sure, you know, you go on go on Sean Hannity's show, ultra conservative. I see what's going on here. Yeah, we really need to emulate <laughs> Sean Hannity. It's purely it's purely political. He just he just will only go on ultra conservative shows. We need to be ultra conservative so we can get Alex Jones. I mean, not Alex Jones. Fuck Alex Jones. <laughs> Jack on the show. Yeah, who might also be a secret ultra conservative. D this is a funny thing. So. People seem to think that Jack is an ultra-conservative, like a secret closet ultra-conservative. Really? That's not the read I get. It's not the read I get either, but it's like people just kind of go by the person's actions and they, again, it's like this thing where you, you look at what they do and you come to the worst possible conclusion <laughs> about what that thing that they just did could mean. Yeah. So there's two things that I think are are contributing to that perception. One, he went and had a meeting with a whole bunch of like influential and prominent conservatives about Twitter and about their policies and all that stuff. And so, of course, everyone else is kind of going crazy, right? Um, and then now this Sean Hannity thing. It's like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> Jack will only talk to, you know, ultra-conservatives. I think it's a thing, though, where I think he might feel safer talking to those people, even if he doesn't agree with them. Mm. Because I feel like if, I feel like if you went on a, like an ultra lib liberal show, like like the menu bar, for example, <laughs> I, feel like we're, I feel like we're off the spectrum. I don't know where to put us on there. Listen, man, we're on the spectrum. Okay. Did, did, stop uh, belittling our little show. 
Um, <clears throat> <laughs> we're big, man. We're big time. I'm saying we're beyond. I'm saying we're beyond all that. These petty, these petty games you play. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Um, okay, or if he was on CNN or whatever, they would just rip into him. Yeah, at, you know, into every decision that he's made. And I, I think you know, um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't want his job. Yeah. Well, luckily, I don't think anyone's offering it to you at this stage. So you can rest easy with that. I still, in a, and uh, I haven't tweeted anything about it or anything. I still think Jack is still basically one of the only CEOs of one of these companies that um, is fairly transparent about what he thinks. Mm. Um, and the fact that he makes mistakes. Uh, and I think it drives people fucking crazy, to yeah. be honest. Um, he doesn't know what to do. And the fact is, like, neither do you. <laughs> You know, we talked this last week. You, you, yeah, just do this. Just do all this. Do ban this person. It's like, but if if companies increasingly like have this power over over speech, which increasingly happens online, mm-hmm. you know, um, like isn't is online speaking uh, on the same playing field as just speaking in person? Yeah, I, I, it seems to me that it that it is right. Um, and if that's true, then, well, <laughs> you start bumping into these problems. Like <laughs> companies have to become their own little governments, yeah. where they have to write their own little constitution and their own little rules and such. And or they'd have to somehow be regulated by, like, that doesn't work either. Like, I want to see Alex Jones thrown off Twitter, and I wouldn't bat an eye. If uh, if if Jack decided one day I'm going to do that, yeah. But I also sympathize with his perspective. Like I don't want to do something completely fucking arbitrary, and mm. that's exactly what just happened. Like it, what you know, and and you can tell by the way that it, like you just said, it wasn't really coordinated. Everybody just kind of looked over each other's shoulder, like uh, they're banning him. Okay, they're banning him. Uh, <laughs> oh, what's funny is every every company sort of found like a different reason to like. All right, these are the <laughs> these are the three things he's done which we which we cannot abide. So therefore, therefore, we're kicking off the platform. Right, and they're all and they're all totally valid reasons. But it's like every company had to find the reasons that sort of that they can kind of live with that they can defend. I just don't know what it is that specifically that we're not tolerating. Are we not tolerating? being bombastic because we're gonna have to get rid of like the wwe (laughs) like you know what i mean like it's because i look at what alex jones does as you know not not dissimilar from um like pro wrestling Mm. i don't like pro wrestling either just like you know personally i've never been a fan i don't understand why people are super into like really fake shit (laughs) that's like supposed to be entertainment hey man you're still on twitter yeah. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Sorry, too, too mean, too. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, like, are we going to start getting rid of anything that's just super fake and, and, and bombastic and, and whatever? Like, I can think of a million reasons to get rid of the WWE right now. There's all sorts <laughs> of stupid shit that people believe about, about, you know, pro wrestling or yeah. shit that pro wrestlers say or whatever. Like, you, you on the same grounds that we just got rid of Alex Jones, you could get rid of pro wrestling. You could get rid of all sorts of things on these grounds. Mm. Um, is it the specific thing that he did, the, the Sandy Hook thing? I mean, but does that mean that you can't do, you know, 
can you not cover serious issues in a way that is kind of crazy and Looney Tunes? <laughs> and that, by the way, I don't think you should have done it. Like, it's a seriously in poor taste. It's just like, where the hell do you draw the line? Yeah. I have no idea. Nobody else knows either. It, get, it gets very difficult because, it, yeah, because at some point you're saying, all right, you can't have a shirt that says fuck Trump. Right. Well, that's a that's a kind that is a kind of harassment. Well, it's a public figure. Well, yes, but you know, there is a gradation over here where you decide. All right, here's where we in this in this scale of grays. Here is where we define black and white. Here's where we put yeah. that line in the sand. That's very difficult, and everyone is very hesitant to to do that. Yeah, I mean, all I can say about like my own feelings about it is. Um, I just think it's a fucked up time and I don't I don't envy the jobs of of these of these leaders who have to like come to decisions about this and and like they're getting harassed too, mm. right? And and it's like well, and their harassment doesn't mean anything next to the like the other people who get harassed. And I really mean that. Yeah. But they are getting harassed. Like does you know, it it's not okay exactly um i don't know what the solution is mm. but it's it's a fucking mess and i could, there's just not a lot of thoughtfulness on the subject i think it would be perfect I, you know what i think jack should do he should just go on twitter and be like this is all fucked up <laughs> you guys need to sort this shit out all right <laughs> honestly you should go on the menu bar he should come yeah. on the menu bar he should literally just have a drink and and come on the show we, we could do a video episode get you down to san francisco yeah he's probably in san francisco where's twitter based well, let's let's do it. We'll break into Twitter. Yeah, that sounds like something <laughs> Alex Jones would do. Honestly, <laughs> um, don't get us banned from the one directory we're in. Yeah, I think he tried to storm uh, YouTube at one point. Brilliant. Yeah, it was not in good taste. Again, another thing that he did. <laughs> <laughs> was, you know, it was in the aftermath of that shooting thing that had happened, yeah. and he tries to storm YouTube anyway. He's an idiot. There's always going to be, but there's always going to be people who are at the extremes of. Like, because anyone more extreme than him would be mentally incarcerated or arrested. Like, he, but he's like just shy of it, just enough that he's not. And there's always going to be people who are like cusping, kind of teasing that tip. Well, the rational argument though is like no one stands to lose by him being gone. Him specifically, right? Yeah. Like, but the thing is, like, I can single out all sorts of people. Are we going to do this to all sorts of people? And mm. on what grounds and how are we going to make those rules? It's This is why when we had this idea of, like, free speech, it's like, by the way, there's no such thing as absolute free speech, right? Like, there's free speech with exceptions, and there are some exceptions. But the reason, like, it's that quote about, I don't remember who the hell said it, but, like, you know, uh, I'll defend your your right to say whatever the hell you want, you know, to the death. That's from a Futurama episode. It probably is. Um, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm misattributing that to a Futurama. I mean, it's possible Futurama is quoting something else, but I feel like that's source zero. I, um, yeah, all right, we'll go with that. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but that idea has gone out the window. And the reason is that our country has been infiltrated by um, psychopaths and criminals. And I, I, I get it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I totally get it. I just don't know what to do. It's so messy. And I, unfortunately, I think that what we're just going to have to do is just kind of sit back and let them let it mess all over the place. I don't know what else to yeah. do because I can't come to a hard conclusion about this. Uh, if I were running one of these companies, I don't think I could come to a hard conclusion about any of this shit. Um, 
you kind of, all you can really do at best right now is, you know, try try to make people happy, but it's <laughs> impossible. And that's also impossible. Yeah. Um, and just do the right thing, right? Like, like I get it. They're trying to do the right thing. Alex Jones, bad for everybody, like yeah. objectively speaking, right? But yeah, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's a messed up situation, man. One week later, we are concluding, world, still messy. It's, it's fucked up. I hate the world. <laughs> it's a dark, beautiful place. But all I'm saying is that Disney should rehire um, uh, James Gunn. I agree That's with that. It's it's just so it's, it's it's so fucking silly. At this, they stand to gain nothing at yeah. this point. I think we can say by by just holding the line. Um, there's going to be all this like they, if they rehire him, there will be all this like fake outrage from yeah. people that are not acting in good faith. Um, <laughs> and who cares? Fuck it, you know. They're, Disney owns every movie that's coming out now anyway, so they're going to get their money somehow. <laughs> they they really do. <laughs> like they're they're fine. <laughs> It's like they they almost own all the mediums. Isn't that crazy? I never would have uh, guessed in the early mid two thousands um, that Disney would do everything that they've done since. Because yeah. it seemed like for a while they were kind of just not doing so hot. Well, then they then they bought Pixar. Like that is really what changed it all. Yeah, kind of another um, reverse takeover type type thing that yeah. never happens but apparently happened twice again <laughs> twice <laughs> twice just happened to involve the same man yeah. uh yeah it's very interesting Coinky dink. yeah you know the whole company definitely there was a mark mark change uh like at disney after that point yeah. and uh you know it's it's kind of incredible like they actually are making really great movies and they're really really insanely big yeah so props to them. There's, they're also pumping out a lot of shit, but we forgive we forgive that <laughs> because making movies is hard. Very much so. <laughs> Last Jedi is great, though. These days, you can get practically everything on demand. Take this podcast. This isn't like the days of radio where you'd have to tune in when it would work for someone else. You're listening to this right now because you want to, because it's convenient to you. Did you know you can even get postage on demand? And all you need for that is stamps.com. With Stamps.com, you can access all of the services of the post office right from your desk. It's all available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Just click, print, mail, and you are done. Now, it's even better than that, because if you join now, Stamps.com will send you a digital scale. And they sent one to us, and it is super cool, because you can weigh your letters, weigh your packages. You don't have to be futzing around trying to figure out, oh, which kind of package is going to work for me, blah, blah, blah. But with this scale, you can do it all ahead of time and print the exact amount of postage you need every time. And right now, just for being a patron of the bar, you get a special offer. It's a four-week trial that includes postage and that cool little digital scale I told you about. So don't wait. Go to stamps.com. Before you do anything else, click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage and type in menu. That's stamps.com. Enter menu. All right. Back to the bar. The Last Jedi is great, though. But they own Star Wars, and they own Marvel, and... Yeah. What, are they buying someone else, Fox or something? Like, it's such a great time to be a fucking nerd, and nerds can't do anything but, but piss <laughs> all over the place. Like Nerds have over-indexed on their own estrangement. Jesus. Like, if I go back, like, 15 years, like, okay, take The Last Jedi and take Infinity War 
and bring them back in time 15 years and deliver these two movies to nerds. Yeah. Okay. They are all going to die. They're just going to be like, oh my God, I can't believe these two things exist. <laughs> like these are amazing, you know, wor works of art that I never thought would have, you know, been made at the scale or whatever. Mm. Fast forward though to today, <laughs> you know, after people have been so spoiled by uh, essentially nerds taking over mm. uh, pop culture and media. Um, which is another fascinating thing that I never really thought would happen, but here we are. Um, <laughs> careful what you wish for. Yeah, it is definitely be careful what you wish for. I still think uh, I still think video game movies are the next thing. After we're done <laughs> with all the superhero shit, someone's gonna come up like like superheroes are. Uh, uh, okay, so video game movies right now are where superhero movies were in the nineties. Yeah. Like they're all, they're, you know, ba most of them are shit. There's a couple ones that like there's some fans of, right? Mystery Men. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> at some point someone is gonna make the video game movie that's gonna open the floodgates to like all these fucking endless, <laughs> endless uh, IP being sold to everybody for TV shows and, and movies. I promise you, at some point it's gonna happen. I don't know it will because superhero movies are a format slash genre whereas video games is a medium mm -hmm. and for the most part a pretty derivative medium that's interesting yeah okay i see what you're saying I... so like this so there's kind of like what like what would you even what are you even bringing over if that makes sense you're right yeah what is the what is the um hmm. what is a video game movie what is the yeah, what is the stylistic synthesis of video game movies? Like, what yeah. does that even mean? It, it doesn't mean anything quite in the same way that like being a Western, like 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 superhero movies are like the modern Western, right? Like, used to be that there were an un like people don't even understand how many westerns were being made at one point. <laughs> yeah, like there, you know there were some years with like over two two or three hundred westerns, right? <laughs> It was insane. Like we, we actually th we think we have so many superhero movies. Yeah. It pales in comparison how many westerns kids are these made days. At one point. They really don't know. Um, and I didn't even. I mean, I wasn't even alive for that shit. I just, I'm just, uh, you know, movie history buff. But yeah, though there, there's so many western, and before that, you know, or even during that, musicals, right? Yeah. So many musicals. We could actually. I think we could use some musicals again. Yeah. I think musicals should just take over for superhero movies, or they should collide. Ooh, no! Now you're talking. You know, the problem with Infinity War is just didn't have enough musical numbers. <laughs> and it had some, as we can all remember, the famous uh, Thanos ballet scene. We all remember that. That's true. We just want more of that. All right, right. Snapping his fingers to, to the beat, <laughs> to the beat of, beat of the universe. What do you make of Thanos? Oh shit! We're we gonna go there. <laughs> you can really tell we we have a pretty comp pretty good topic list in front of us. Um, this this Google Doc that's in front of us. Thanos, friend or foe? Um, like I don't know. Like uh, the internet has its um. Like Thanos was right, people. Yeah, I don't think I don't think I agree with that. I don't think he was right per se. Um, he does definitely have a perspective. He does. <laughs> um, it's it's super interesting. He's like he's like this guy. You know, uh, I hate to say that uh, movies are are you know products of the time that you know or whatever, but like Thanos is a very Donald Trump like character. <laughs> He believe like because he I don't know if you've seen old interview with Donald Trump. 
but he something he used to say a lot in multiple interviews because I'm psychopathic and I decided to go back and watch all these old interviews because I wanted to understand this man that I regret you know watching these videos but anyway <laughs> he um he used to say you know I I'm the only one who can do it you know I think I'm the only one who can who can be president and I don't want to be president forever I just want to be president you know just once and then and then I'll go but but there's things that need to be done, and only I can do it. Only I understand. Yeah. I'm the only one who's willing to do it. And it's the same fucking perspective as, as Thanos. Wow. Um, Not where I thought this would go, but I'm into it. No, no, but it's true. It's, <laughs> like, 100% true. Uh, and, you know, movies are always kind of a reflection of their times, and I don't think Infinity War is any exception. Yeah. Um, What's funny is, like, Thanos is so well-spoken and emotive, I'll say this: He's less racist yeah. than Trump. <laughs> he, you know, he doesn't discriminate. Yeah. He's just like half the universe. <laughs> you know, and, but it doesn't matter which half. Yeah, it doesn't matter which half. Doesn't matter what what race. Nothing like that. Yeah, yeah. actually. So I'm gonna put. I'm gonna say this: I think Thanos is a little bit better than Donald Trump. <laughs> I've pissed off so many listeners at this more, point. More, more effective, certainly. <laughs> Certainly more effective. Um, it's a perspective I can definitely get behind more than you know I can get behind uh, Trump because you know at least it's at least it's something like fair. Yeah. He wants to literally become a god, yeah, and he wants to you know do a thing that's completely indifferent. You mm. know, well, I don't know. There, there's there's definitely worse, completely psychotic points of view that you could have, and I, and I guess there's like a there's a savior complex happening there. Yeah, yeah, no, there absolutely is. is he definitely the, believe, we, believes he's the savior. Yeah, which is the true huber, hubris of, I suppose, anyone in power and anyone who seeks power has that kind of hubristic notion that I deserve this. I am necessary for X, Y, right. and Z to happen. Yeah, he's not very zen, is he? So, like, the... Okay, to his to Thanos's point, like you know, there are yeah, you know, the universe is just there's too many there's too many damn species or whatever. Or you could you could just let's uh, limit this to Earth, right? There's yeah. too many people, and people are just gonna keep reproducing and everything, and it's gonna die. Yeah, but I mean, like you're just coming around, coming along, and doing the same thing. You're just doing it quicker. <laughs> it's kind of stupid. So like, yeah. like it's a stupid perspective because it's like, okay, you're gonna. Like, why do you have to be the one to do it? Like, why shouldn't we just do it to ourselves? Isn't that even more indifferent, you know? Mm. Like, just allowing nature to kind of take its course. The same thing's going to happen. Um, it might even wipe out the whole species. So what? Like, you claim to not give a fuck anyway. Yeah. Oh, well, I want to I wanna save all these species by, by wiping out half their populations. Like, why didn't he snap his fingers and make everyone 10% smarter? I know, there's like, like so many different, <laughs> like, you, you now have, like, that fucking gauntlet man. You could do yeah. all sorts of things. And the one thing he thinks to do is, I'm going to take out half the universe. Yeah. Fucking A. Like, <laughs> no, fuck Thanos. I, I, think he's, I think he's a really good villain. He's like the best, he's an interesting villain, mm. uh, and he's well well uh, drawn in the, in, the, in the movie, which is interesting because... For a Marvel movie especially. Well, f well, it's funny because up to this point, we haven't known anything about Thanos. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, um, he's super deep and super interesting <laughs> and, and he's talking. And, and those eyes. Yeah, it's, it's pretty bizarre. But uh, no, they, they pulled it off. It's, it's, it, you know, 
It's a great movie. He's a great villain. Um, kind of like kind of like Kylo Ren in a way, like in terms of hmm. he's interesting because you understand him. Yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, I think that's that's true. Mm. And both of these are Disney movies. Yeah. Oh snap! Oh shit! <laughs> I'm gonna get so much hate mail. I feel like I could take or leave Pixar at this point. Um, I haven't watched. Like, name their last few movies. I honestly don't think I've seen any of them. Cars 3. Didn't see it. Uh, the Incredibles 2. In theaters now. Yeah, well, I don't go to the movie uh, theater, so these don't even count. Inside um, Out. I liked Inside Out a lot. That's a cool film. Brave. Huh, Bra- um, Brave was, was fine. The Good Dinosaur. It was, ju- it was just fine. I haven't seen The Good Dinosaur. I Actually, I couldn't make it through The Good Dinosaur. <laughs> it, was just, it, was, it bored me to tears. I couldn't, yeah. <laughs> couldn't do it. I really wanted to watch it. Compared to like like 10 years ago, Finding Nemo, Toy Story 1, 2, 3, the original Incredibles. Yeah. Like, I like, I enjoy their films. I can see that they're artfully made. Oh, Coco. Coco was pretty good. Um, yeah, so uh, what seems to have happened with Pixar is, like we were just talking about with the reverse takeover thing, um, I think a lot of the people that were at Pixar kind of dispersed throughout the company. Mm. Um, this is my theory. I don't really know. Like, I don't actually know the names of any of these people or whether or not they work in different departments. <laughs> I'm just making <laughs> these things all up. This sounds hard to correlate. You know, I thought Fro- Frozen, honestly, uh, is better to me than most of the last few like Pixar movies. Um, and also in the, and then Moana, uh, Moana yeah, and Wreck-It Ralph. Oh, heck yes. So it's interesting. Like all of a sudden Disney's sort of regular animation divisions are kind of showing up Pixar who used to be the top mm. dog in animation. Uh, it's, it's kind of interesting, at least in terms of the, the raw, like storytelling side of things. Yeah. Which is, cr- which is crazy because Pixar has their entire process and their whole, the whole ethos, you know, like even Horace Deju is into it and, you know, has great admiration yeah. for it. But it just doesn't seem to be landing in the way it used to. I feel like Wally was the first, last one they made, which I really, really got. Incredibles yeah. 2, it's fine, but I will never think of it again. Wally was their last pretty like, ballsy movie. Um, Inside Out was kind of, was, I liked Inside Out because it was, it was somewhat risky in that, um, I don't feel like kids these days know how to have emotions. So, you know, they have to like um, when I when I showed Inside Out to Xander, it really messed with him, man. Like (laughs) He just uh, like all these different characters that represent different emotions and like, you know, naming your emotions and being kind of open and talking about your emotions. Um, Something about it really messed with my son. Um, He just hadn't really uh, hadn't really thought about it that way before. And Hmm. Yeah, something about it like made him start, you know, crying his eyes out toward the end. Um, but anyway, yeah, um, I thought Inside Out was a great movie. Um, but yeah, they are kind of stuck in like sequel mode, aren't they? Like for some reason, it's very bizarre. Like they were, they were kind of like against sequels, and then now they do lots of sequels. Yeah, and they keep doing more sequels. I don't, I don't know. If they're gonna stop doing sequels. They should stop. For a while. <laughs> it feels like they have the best intention. So like finding. You know, like The Incredibles 2. You know, they didn't, they didn't rush that film. It's not a cash grab. They genuinely wanted to tell a story. I'm just not that into it. It just feels kind of... feels a bit beneath them, almost. 
Yeah, I haven't seen it. Um, all I can, you know, I can't really speak to it. I also haven't seen Cars three. Uh, I also don't like any of the Cars movies. Yeah. Um, I just, I have a, I have a deep, deep problem with that universe conceptually, um, <laughs> mechanically. <laughs> mechanically uh the, the talking cars doesn't make any sense because who built the damn cars uh, <laughs> although there wasn't a theory confirmed about that um so, like <laughs> i don't think confirmed is the right word to use here <laughs> the the pixar the pixar super universe idea yeah yeah so ba- basically like there were there were humans yeah um and and <laughs> the ai killed all the humans <laughs> The uh, uh, autonomous cars and we, the cars movies are about the at- autonomous vehicles uh, in a post-human world. So, so to anyone who's not familiar with this, although I think probably with our audience, there's probably swept fire. But the idea is that every Pixar film is actually in a chronology and it's sort of like a shared universe. And, it, and most of the films take place in the far-flung future where autonomous cars have sort of evolved into... <laughs> kind of hybrid life forms and <laughs> you know taking on those terms i have to rewatch all the cars movies and reassess i don't know <laughs> maybe i do really enjoy that thing of looking at something which like a cartoon character and trying to figure out the skeleton or like those super realistic uh photoshop composites that this uh, artist makes of like cartoon characters he's saying all right what is what is Rick Sanchez from Rick and Morty? What, what is his skeleton actually like in order to sort of have that, that shaped head, that kind of thing? There's something right. kind of there's something oddly enjoyable about just dissecting something down to the nth degree to to absurdity, <laughs> which I kind of enjoy. Right. I enjoy do, drilling down the, into the, like the skeleton of how something works, mm. uh, or like like okay, like Donnie Darko, like. There's like that is a really vague movie that doesn't really spell out a whole lot, and it's a lot of fun to sit there and like go, okay, so the the thing from the future, like there's some crazy NASA thing went wrong, and like they opened a portal, and then like a plane went through, but the jet engine, you know, all this stuff. Like there's all this crazy shit that you can do with Donnie Darko. Um, but the thing that I don't like are like just the relentlessly um, negative people that like point out everything as a damn plot hole or like point out everything as a, as a problem, you know, they're literalists. Yeah. They're just too on the face with everything. Yeah. I, I can't deal with that. Actually, there's something uh, I've been playing a lot of old games the last few days and could you you define that a little better? Um, I don't know, like old PC games, old, uh, old GameCube games. I've been playing a lot of Eternal Darkness all of a sudden. Now there's a game. Yeah, I've been playing this remaster of an old PlayStation game, uh, called Forsaken. I don't know if you've heard of this. Um, it's kind of like, it's kind of like Descent. Do you remember the game Descent? I do remember Descent. So there was a game on PlayStation that was called Forsaken that was basically Descent, but, um, uh, it, had a like a female model on the cover of the, of the game box and that's <laughs> the first thing coming up and i don't i don't understand well you know the reason why the, it's the first thing coming up with that game is the, it's like the only thing that people remember like if i break <laughs> like if i bring that up there's a chance people might remember it sure. uh but but the otherwise no it, but anyway it's a great game um that kind of got lost in the cracks of time um and but they randomly they did a remaster and suddenly it showed up on steam huh. and i was like i gotta i gotta have this this, this is awesome does it hold up 
yeah, it holds up incredibly well. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot. It's you know, it's a corridor shooter, yeah, in a little spaceship type thing. Yeah, it's 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 just you know, I like I like atmospheric games. I like games that you know take place in a in a some kind of uh, populated uh, universe yeah. or something like that. I would say that's the one thing which games do maybe better than any medium is create atmosphere. Because you're in a place and you're interacting with it and you're getting this visual physics sort of, you sort of, you know, you end up feeling like you're there and you're sort of mapping out the layout of where you're looking, particularly in first person shooter, in a way where, in a way where in a film you don't really ever get that inside of it, so to speak. Yeah, no, I think games, uh, there's all sorts of things that games can do that, that movies can't. Mm. Um, the thing that, the reason why I go back and I play a lot of old games, though, <clears throat> is I don't see a lot of new games that are as weird as I am. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, like the games I'm really into are, like, like the Legacy of Kane games, right? Yeah. Like, or Eternal Darkness. Like, uh, I just named two Silicon Knights titles. <laughs> uh, are, we gonna, are we still going to interview him, or did I dream that? Uh, there's a possibility we'll get we'll get Dayak on the show. I really would like to. Uh, I would like that point. very much. Yeah, he he sort of like half agreed, but he's very busy. He's a very sure. busy guy. He, that makes sense. Hopefully, secretly making an Eternal Darkness sequel yes, on Switch. Um, that's my hope, but I have no <laughs> idea. Uh, but anyway, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I these like you just you don't see games. Uh, like like legacy of Kane, like just crazy like worlds. Um, everything's realistic, and everything is, or or if it's not realistic, it's just sort of like absurd. Like like uh, Fortnite, I can't get into Fortnite <laughs> atmosphere yeah. or style. It's just too. Ugh. Everything about it kind of like offends my sensibilities. <laughs> uh, whereas I want like like I I oh Quake Three Arena. That's the game I've been going back and playing. A lot of. Um, Did you ever get into System Shock? I never got super into System Shock. It's 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 one of the games that came along that I really wanted to play at the time. My computer just couldn't run it gotcha. uh, at the, at that time. I always wanted to go back and play it, but I just never did. Maybe maybe I will. Well, they they keep talking about remaking them, so so fingers crossed. Didn't they do a remake of System Shock, or at least a remaster? Maybe I don't think so. I think there was, I think there, there was like a Kickstarter for it, and now some company's actually doing it. Um, yeah, there's something uh, like my my only interaction with that series. God, no one listening cares about this, but uh, my only interaction with that series has been just listening to Shodan, the computer AI villain, on YouTube. Basically, so like watching sort of walkthroughs. There's something about that character and that whole scenario, that sort of horror vibe, which just mm. really really gels with me. Even though I've never actually sat down to play it, you so there's there are good YouTube gamer channels. Is that what you're trying to tell me? There are. Not, they're not all run by Nazis. Are you sure? <laughs> well, I mean, I guess I can't. I can't confirm. Have you heard of this guy PewDiePie? <laughs> oh God! I tweeted the other day. Um, the world would be better if there were no um, YouTube gamer channels. <laughs> <laughs> and I pissed off a lot of people. Um, but it was like right after I had watched several videos of kind of like slightly like younger gamer types mm -hmm. all shitting on uh, metal gear solid in various ways like the original game yeah and all of them like agreed that um twin snakes is the better game 
um, because uh, you like you just you can't deal with the graphics of the original PlayStation <laughs> game, right? Like yeah. it just you can't deal with it. The only way to play it is just play Twin Snakes, and even that game isn't that great by today's standards and blah blah blah. <laughs> just like I don't know, um, maybe it's just a young per more of like a young person thing, not even yeah. a gamer thing. Well, th this is well, this is like like me and you. Yeah, I think I'm copying John Gruber. I feel like John Gruber talked about this at one point, but um, like watching black and white movies. Oh shit! Yeah, same thing. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I can't can't go back. No, they're just too slow, too. Because unless you grow up with it, you don't have the you don't have the muscles to kind of understand it almost. Unless you've invested the time in it, and unless you, unless you've grown up in that time, it's very unlikely you will invest that time. Well, and I, I I do I see what the difference is between me and younger people. It's not a it's not a generational thing. I've worked this much out. Mm -hmm. It's a um, well, it is a generational thing, but. I feel like uh, there was more opportunity for people um, growing up at the time that I did, or maybe even that you did, um, to appreciate things that came before you. Like your parents would be, you know, they would show you stuff. Like my, my parents showed me musicals and black and white movies and mm. stuff that was m older than them, right? Yeah. And uh, I learned to appreciate stuff that was just older than me. Um, one of the movies that my mom like showed me, and one of her favorite movies was like Metropolis, and it's you know si the silent science fiction movie that you know, in my opinion, it still holds up today in a lot of ways, like in terms of what it's about, uh, in terms of the you know, the visual style and all that. Um, you know, it's this is a great movie, and it influenced so much of what came after. But a lot of people just don't give a shit about stuff like that. <laughs> Yeah. And it's a, it's an increasing trend. Um, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard for me to imagine that kids these days are very different to kids in our days. Like mo most of my friends wouldn't have been watching Metropolis. I guess that's fair. I was also just a weird kid. <laughs> yeah, and there are probably there are probably weird kids today who are playing uh, playing. I sure hope so. To rock. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to rock two seeds of evil is another game I've been I've been going back. <laughs> Such a great game. Hell of a guess. It was the first game that used the Nintendo 64 expansion pack, man. Are we the only tech podcast on the internet uh, talking about Turok? Probably. I doubt it. I bet <laughs> there's actually a whole podcast dedicated to like the development cycle of Turok 2 Seeds of Evil. I bet you. <laughs> I would listen to that. It's out there somewhere, I promise. Oh, the Turok Tales. I love that podcast. <laughs> Tales of the Turok. Um... Turok 2 is a big deal when it came out, man. Yeah. So is, so is the original. There, there are no good um, dinosaur hunting games these days. Isn't that all <laughs> that Steam is full of? Probably. I have no idea. There's a whole bunch, there's a whole bunch of those. Like, but they're kind of like, well, they're survival and hunting games. I think maybe yeah. you just haven't played any modern games in like 10 years. You know, actually, so, okay. I, I'll, all right. All right. I will say, I probably... I have missed like the last decade of games. <laughs> so I feel like any comment that I have about current games is extremely uninformed. Um, it's on like that you basis. fell into a glacier and we've unthawed you. And now we're asking you about old video games. I, but I will say this. I still, and, and maybe this is just a thing of getting old. Um, nothing I play feels like those old games. Yeah. And I, I think I just, it must just be like getting old. Yeah. 
Because, I mean, there's still stuff like Legacy of Kane, right? Like, there's, uh, what, like, The Witcher? I haven't played that, but I've I've heard it's, uh, you know, I've heard it's good. Pretty know. good. Should I play it? Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's a, that, that's a hell of a game. That's got a really cool atmosphere, great sort of vibe to it, great design. Um, very, very engrossing. It's dark. Very, very dark. <laughs> Super dark. I'm into the darkness. <laughs> but, like, I found that, like, every... So for me, buying a, you know, when I was like 14, saving up money and buying a, buying a Nintendo 64 game, I'm not sure if the timing quite works there, but um, like that was a big deal and I'd get it home and I'd unwrap it and like sort of, you know, almost like, sm- <laughs> almost like smell the cartridge and like, oh yeah, this is going to be a good one. I can, I can feel it. It was like a copy of like Dark Rift. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was young and reckless. <laughs> Superman 64. <laughs> yeah. Whereas now, like I could, I could buy a game for my Switch right now and not even play it. I might forget about it. Yeah, I played Stardew Valley yeah. for three hours and realized I didn't really get it. Um, so as you get older, every time you experience a thing, it has like this sort of diminishing return to it. Breath of the Wild was like that for me, though. Yeah, um, even though I even though I still haven't finished it, uh, <laughs> it does it does it does evoke older feelings in me, though. It does. Yeah, uh, it was the first game I played in a long time where I got that same feeling that I had like pushing pushing Mario like forward for the first time in 3d like it it was that kind of thing it was yeah um but it doesn't happen too often yeah it's uh yeah and everything is so you know i don't know that's something else i tweeted uh was that uh games are just like too complicated now (laughs) (laughs) when did zach and andrew turn into such old cranky men when did that happen they are. They're too. They're too complicated. And and um, I mean, a lot of it's driven by like DLC and uh, upgrades. And <laughs> buy this for your fucking character and fuck like fuck it all. Like I just want to have a complete game that I you know has some established like things that you can do and unlock. And I want to unlock those things. Um, like this idea of these things that just pop up out of nowhere. Like oh shit, you have to get this fucking thing for your character and. To get this upgrade and do the like, ah, I can't. But think about like, think about like, like original Zelda and how cryptic and difficult that game was. It's great, yeah. <laughs> but it's only because you know how to do it because you know the language. I guess. I mean, I I was never good at the original Zelda, but I appreciate it still more than <laughs> these games that just like endlessly uh hound you through menu systems yeah like like okay you have the most advanced graphics ever right you've got like all of this uh all of these infinite possibilities of what you could do with a video game and what do we mostly have fucking menu systems everywhere <laughs> what, what, what game are you talking about what is this menu game any of them. oh menu men oh menu simulator i love that yeah. game. <laughs> menu simulator <laughs> It all started with Shenmue when when when, <laughs> when, uh, when they had the addition of the the forklift job. Oh yeah. <laughs> do you know where I can find some sailors? Yeah, do you know where I can find some sailors? And I gotta drive my my forklift. I gotta earn some money so I can get out of here. Like it, <laughs> literally hours of the game were spent driving a forklift. <laughs> It's like, yeah, I've always wanted to play a video game with advanced graphics so I could drive a forklift. It's like a, it's like a game which was incentivizing you to, you know, pay for some upgrades, but you could never actually do it. Yeah. Forklift simulator. <laughs> I'm not into the simulation shit in general. Just stuff that, like, tries to, like, okay, like a, a Ferrari simulator, right? Okay. On one hand, um, 
most people don't go and drive Ferraris. But the fact that it's like something that I could, in theory, in a, in some way, I could go do that. I could come up with a way that I could go get behind the wheel of a Ferrari, right? Like, fuck that. You could do anything in a video game. Why are we fucking <laughs> around with a Ferrari simulator? You know? It'd be like if it's a learning thing, then fine. But most games are like so in between that you're not really learning. You know, you're not learning how to do the thing. Um, so I say, fuck it. Everything should be totally fantastical. You know, Totally fantastic. This is why I appreciate the Wipeout games and like the F Zero games over, you know, traditional racing games. Yeah, that's just me. <laughs> I know Mark. I know Marco Arment um, is a fan of the Wipeout game series, and yeah. um, I vaguely remember him mentioning that at one point. <laughs> I wanted to talk to him about that when we had him on the show. Missed opportunity. Have him back, man. You gotta have him back. Talk, <laughs> talk about Wipeout. How do you feel about uh, No Man's Sky? Uh, isn't there like a lot of controversy around that game? Um, I don't, I haven't played it. I think, I think you should play that. The screenshots look cool. Um, it's another one of these things where I feel like the game is probably really good, but like, holy crap, gamers did nothing but complain. I just remember that. Yeah. Like people were like, it's too expensive for what you can do. (laughs) And it's actually not that good. And Oh, it's getting better, but it's okay. Like, uh, you know, fucking... I, okay, by the way, that's why I hate ga- YouTube gamer channels. Yeah. That's most <laughs> YouTube gamer channels. Is like, you cannot find a video game review. Like, seriously, just keep skipping past. Keep sp- skipping past by, like, five minutes. Every time that you land, you're on a complaint that that person is having about the game they're playing, the game they're reviewing, or whatever. Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, this would be okay, but... Just shut the fuck up and enjoy the game. Why, why, why are you doing this to yourself? Why are you watching these YouTube videos? <laughs> I mean, it's interesting. <laughs> God damn it, Zach. <laughs> I hate this. This hurts, but it's so interesting. I mean, the good one, there are a lot of good ones. Like, I really like the history videos, like the ones where um, the, you know, people try to do like these documentaries, yeah. like the history of Metal Gear or the history of blah, 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 and where they actually, you know, they go into, um, you know, interview developers and stuff like that. That stuff's interesting. Yeah. But like most of the opinion channels are just like garbage <laughs> so the cool thing about no man's sky is that <laughs> just ignoring all of that <laughs> the cool thing about no man's sky is controversy aside and yes they massively oversold overhyped blah 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 uh, and i haven't even played it since launch but <laughs> like it is kind of a game with no point it's kind of like an anti-game oh, i love it almost i love it so you that's my just, favorite thing about breath of the wild is yeah. you don't have to play the imagine game that but just... with like effectively no side missions and it's like you know what i'm just gonna go and explore apples now but the game is infinite and so you can say all right time for the next solar system and then you're in this new place and like oh there's a weird lava planet full of these weird little mushroom creatures cool all right sounds like this sounds like the game i need yeah light up and explore the universe isn't it all like randomly generated yeah wasn't that a big thing about it yeah infinitely infinitely procedurally generated it's funny like i follow i've followed games for the last 10 years <laughs> yeah. like i know i know a lot about them like but i haven't played 99 percent of them it's like you're just reading the synopsises of films and not actually watching them you're kind of ch- you're kind of cheating yourself like a few years ago i acquired a, a ps3 that someone gave me with uh, I don't know, like 30 games. Mm-hmm. I didn't play through a single one of them. Did you play, did you play Journey? <laughs> I did. I played Journey. Journey uh, was, in fact, as incredible as John Syracuse says. <laughs> um, and that is a game that is very much up my alley because um, there are no menu systems. Mm-hmm. None. 
Um, it's extremely intuitive. You can just pick it up and play it. And it's an incredible experience. Like, that's that's kind of what I want from games. I just want I want more games that I can just pick up and play and just, just experience something. Yeah. Um, I feel like our audience can probably recommend a few things like that. Because that, that is an hmm. entire genre in of itself. How did we get here? <laughs> we could... The problem is with this show... We could take that soundbite and place it anywhere and it would be relevant. Uh, well, uh, you know, now that things are getting a little bit less crazy in my life, uh, I think we will probably get back to doing, you know, more more guest episodes and more uh, experimentation and all that fun stuff. We might even have topics in the future. Probably not, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't want to change this winning formula. We don't want to change the winning formula that is the menu bar. Um Maybe it turns into a video game show. Who knows? I think it'll just be all about um, Jeff Minter games like Tempest. There you go. Be, go as niche as humanly possible. Have you? I, have you? I have played Tempest. Okay, good. You've played Tempest. We're <laughs> cool. Did you play TXK? Uh, no, I don't think I have. What? What? Zach, you haven't played anything for the last ten years. You can't watch me. I mean, it's not exactly true that I've played anything <laughs> for the last ten years. Uh, I played TXK on my on my PS Vita, but the reason I even mentioned it is that the same. So it's the guy who created Tempest 2000 mm-hmm. on the Jaguar, yeah. and then he uh, he made TXK on the PS Vita, and then he got sued by Atari because he didn't have the rights to Tempest. Um, and then uh, like a year later, it turned out that they had kind of made amends together, and now Tempest 4000 is out on everything except for the Switch. <laughs> Because reasons. I have no idea why it's not on the Switch. It would make the most sense on the Switch. It's not on the Switch. I think it's, I I don't know. I think it's because Atari is trying to make a game system or something. And they're Uh, they're run run by a frat house of cokeheads. I'm convinced that Atari is like, um, it's just like three people at a desk. Yeah. Um, Which, yeah, what you just said. Um, (laughs) Cokeheads at a crack, at a a frat house? Yeah. Crack house? Same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, uh, I actually, I tried, uh, I actually wanted to interview someone from Atari. uh, And I could, literally, I can't find anybody at that company. (laughs) Uh, And the re like, and I know that there's nobody there from the original company at all. Yeah. Um, But I was super, like, they're doing some weird shit and I just want to know more about it. Um, like they, they're they're They put a game system on Kickstarter. What are they doing? Like, what is, what even is this company? Uh, if you're a listener and you work for Atari, then uh, get in touch. If you know anyone who works at the current iteration of Atari, uh, <laughs> you know what? If you're someone who even knows what the current iteration of Atari is, I'd like to talk to you. hundred percent. 100%. If you watched Blade Runner 2049 and you knew what that logo was, <laughs> give us a call. <laughs> Same time next week. Same time next week.